is our worship team. Well, you can take your seat. Who's ready to receive the word this morning? Well, I want to introduce to you one of the most realist people in the world. Uh, We've had the privilege of knowing uh, Mark and Roz uh, probably before we even came uh, here to the Blue Mountains over 10 years ago. And uh, I want to honour you guys because um, you guys are more than just uh, fellow senior leaders or you guys... um, you guys have really invested in Ben and I over the time and we uh, love you uh, so much um, that, you know, even though there's distance and, you know, there's periods of time because we're always busy, uh, we, we consider you guys as huge examples in our lives and we love you and appreciate you um, and everything that you've done for Ben and I over the years and believed in us and encouraged us and uh, we just are so grateful that you're here with us this morning. So I'm going to introduce Roz. Roz is going to do our first service. And then Mark's going to do our 10.30 a.m. So why don't you give her a hand? Thanks, Amy. What a privilege it is to be here in this COVID season. How's everyone going with COVID? Everybody say COVID. COVID sucks, I reckon. (laughs) Uh, But it is a great privilege to be here. And I want to Amy, I want to Amy (laughs) honour. I want to honour Amy and Ben, great leaders. You're very blessed. They're passionate. Yeah, that's it. Give them a hand and honour them. They're passionate. They're wise beyond their years. I think they're wise beyond their years. They've got clear vision. They love people. They love community. And they're young. Our church hasn't got young leaders. Our church has got older leaders. And uh, Mark and I, our church has got leaders that don't win running races anymore. (laughs) We get cranky sometimes, we forget people's names and we sing 70s songs. Love is in the air, everywhere, look around. Um, But anyway, uh, look after Ben and Amy. And I felt this, I want to say to you, church, be generous. You need to be generous to Amy and Ben. You want them for the long haul. And um, so be generous to them. Be generous to your pastors. Let them have space. Let them have time off. Pray for them. Pastoring looks easy, all right, but it is a challenge. And I know this group of people aren't a challenge to them. It will be the next service that are more of a challenge to them. But I've got to tell you, there's many times in my pastoring journey that I was a teacher. I've wanted to go back to a classroom of seven-year-olds and... um, yeah, so it is a challenge, uh, but we really love you, Ben and Amy. I want to thank, on behalf of the state executive, I want to thank you for hosting our state conference. It was an excellent state conference, and I want to thank you because it cost you. Uh, but I want to um, say thank you, Ben and Amy, and uh, on behalf of the state conference, state executive, we're very, very proud of you. And we know that, um, yeah, there's great things that lie ahead for both of you. So... Um, We're looking forward to seeing all that God has done and thank you for counting the cost. (laughs) But it's worth it. I've got to tell you, it's going to be worth it for your kids. Uh, Because as we sing that song, when you obey God, you're bringing blessing, not just for you, blessing it down for your kids and your kids' kids and the generations. And part of the reason I've got favour on my life is because my parents paid paid a price. So keep going and great dedication. Wow. Dedicate your kids, you come up here, you dedicate your kids and then your kids hit 20 and you think, ah, 
<laughs> I'm so glad I dedicated my kids. All right. A couple of years ago, my shoulders started to hurt, so I went to the physio, as you do. Let's just call the physio's name Harry. And uh, he said to me, Ros, you've got a frozen shoulder. You've used your shoulder so much, it's frozen up. And for 18 months, you're going to have to do these exercises and it probably won't work very well. It'll be a bit painful. So since then, during that season, I realised what dumb things people say at church. You know, pastors say, raise both your hands. And I'd be like... <laughs> and I remember one day I was at state conference and the person up the front, I was sitting right at the front row and the person up the front said, put both of your hands on the person's shoulder next to you. So I was fine with his hand but there was a guy standing next to me and I went like that and it just kind of hit his butt <laughs> and he looked at me like don't you know the difference between a butt and a shoulder and I felt like saying sometimes they do look a bit similar and they kind of got the rounded edge um anyway Harry who was like 40 years old and crossfit person and, you know, rode hundreds of Ks on his bike every day. Said to, I said to him, well, I won't be able to go to the gym then. And he said, what do you mean you can't go to the gym? He said, you can still do aerobic fitness and stomach muscle fitness and all of that. And I felt like saying, yeah, well, sure, Harry, you know everything. And, uh, but Harry was right. And I could still do aerobic fitness. And I found the step climber, the climbing, what's it called, Mark? That, the step climber. I never found that at the gym before. And uh, so it's been so good for my... I actually broke out in a sweat. My heart... I could feel my heart in my chest. So I had to say thank you, Harry. And uh, the title for this message is Finding Favour in the Unwanted Season. So I found aerobic fitness in my frozen shoulder season. And we're just coming through an unwanted season. I'm sure none of you at the beginning of this year said, yes, I hope this year that we go into COVID, that we have to do social distancing, that we're going to fight over toilet paper, that I have to homeschool my kids, there won't be any rice on the shelf, I won't be able to travel, I won't be able to sit on the grass and have a coffee. But life presents many unwanted seasons and none of us ask for these unwanted seasons. But in every season, I've got to tell you, there is favour. You need to find the favour. We need to have spiritual eyes and find the favour in the unwanted season. Um, so I want to go to Acts 27. We're going to look at a journey that Paul is going on. Paul is leaving Jerusalem and he's headed for Rome and he finds himself in an unwanted season. There's two chapters of this unwanted season. It's an in-between season. He's a prisoner, he's being escorted by the guards, he's in a sailing ship and a fierce storm arrives. Let's read. Paul says this, We took a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard and on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued, that's very dark, that's a bad storm, like it's dark for many days. When neither sun nor stars appeared, the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed last night. An angel of, the, of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, 
stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. In other words, my purposes will be fulfilled. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. One man's obedience saved over 200 men. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. So as I said, Paul is in a season of transition. He's in an in-between season. Who loves in-between seasons? You're lying. If you're putting your hand up, you're lying. Uh, But we all, actually in our life, we spend a lot of time in in in-between seasons. And interestingly, let me tell you about in-between seasons. When two seas or rivers meet, at the point of merge, the transition is uneven and awkward. Storms come with the territory of transition. But God never wastes a season. And God wasn't taken by surprise with 2020. We might have been taken by surprise. You might be in a season that took you by surprise, but it didn't surprise God. God didn't go, wow, I've never seen a season like this before. Even if they are unwanted, unexpected or painful, God is working. And God uses this journey in Paul's life, these two chapters, to prepare him for Rome. God's promise and purpose was for Paul to get to Rome. And the storm is preparing him for the next season. In every storm and season, there is significance. Never underestimate the value of an unwanted season. Every season has something for you to glean, whether it's loss season, a gain season, failure, success wilderness abundance whether it's a single season whether you're single whether you're in difficult relationship whether you've lost your job whether you're in grief whether in your financial hardship whether in the young kid season when you whether you're in a hitting the wall season God never wastes a season and there is significance in that season in these seasons in different seasons we are tested Because we've got things in our life, difficult, when we go through difficult seasons, and I think this season, they say that COVID has been a season that has revealed. And so it reveals things in us. And when we go through seasons, God takes out the things that are chaff, that are weightless, that don't have any significance. He shakes us and they're shaken from our lives. And we come out of season, we think, I'm not going to take that into the next season. That has no eternal significance. I'm not going to take that into the next season. I don't need that in the next seasons. So he shifts us, he shakes us, and we let go of things. He separates the significant, the eternal significant things from the insignificant temporary things. So God has already gone through 2020. He knows what things that he has for you in this season so don't let, this, don't let this season be wasted. God has left things for you in this season. He's left favour for you in this season. You just need to find it. Michael Maiden has this great quote. He says this, We can't look like our history when we enter our destiny. So we read further in Acts 28. And we find out that Paul and the ship, the guys, they land safely. And they're building a fire. And just as they're building a fire, Paul is helping them. 
put wood on the fire and a deadly viper comes out and bites him. And just when you think you've suffered enough, hey, I've been on a shipwreck, I'm already in prison. Hey, a viper! Thank you, God. It's not even a green tree snake. It's a deadly one. And at first, you know, the islanders freak out. They think, well, he must be a murderer. He's being cursed by God, but then he shakes it off and he doesn't suffer any, any consequence. And then they think he is a God. And then we read on in Acts 28. All this is happening in his season, in this in-between season. Let's read in verse 7. And then there was an estate nearby that belonged to, you've got to be careful how you say this word, Publius. And I just want to say, who calls their kid Publius? No one kids that kid. Nobody wants to be called Publius. Um, so I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what Publius's parents were thinking. But anyway, let's move on. And the chief official of the island, he was the chief official of the island, he welcomed us to his home and he showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. So Paul is going through a difficult season. But what is God doing? Well, God is offsetting. God is offsetting the difficult season. Because let me tell you, God is the God of the offset. And it doesn't matter what season you're going through, God has got offset places and people and circumstances in this season. And that's what he had for Paul. Um, God is the God of comeback and the God of offset for you if you don't throw a tantrum and walk out on the process. We are not called to be shortcut people. And that's why I love that you're doing this discipleship course because discipleship is a lifetime process and we have to let the process do its work. The Holy Spirit is trying to form Christ in us and Christ isn't formed in us without difficulty and without trials. The Bible says in James that it's the trials that mature us. And you know, Ben, that's why there's something on you. Um, and that's why you've got maturity above your years and that's why you're blessed. Because, you know, it hasn't always been easy for Ben. I remember you sharing your testimony. But, you know, what I'm speaking on today is you're a testimony to the goodness of God and you're a testimony of letting the process do its work, Ben. So well done. So Paul didn't leave the season until victory came. Never leave the season until you have victory. Paul never gave in to what the storm was trying to do with him. The storm was trying to get Paul to retreat. So unwanted seasons and challenges want you to retreat and they want you to give up. You know, Paul could have crawled into a cave. Paul could have thought, you know, I was going all right until the viper bit me. But now I've had enough. Hey, guys, I'm just leaving you all. I'm going to go into a cave and I'm going to come out in about 100 years. Tell me when it's over. Uh, he could have crawled into a cave. He could have had a hissy fit. He could have had a tantrum. God said, it's not fair, God. I'm single. <laughs> like I'm trying to lead the church. I'm a prisoner. I've been beaten. I've been shipwrecked. I've been betrayed. It's not fair. I want to give up. But, you know, Malta, 
The island that they landed on means flowing with milk and honey. And he could have said, it doesn't feel like it. This island actually sucks. But there was milk and honey for Paul on that island. He just needed to find it, and he did. In fact, the whole nation, the whole of the, he healed a nation. Hundreds of them got healed of sickness. <laughs> he could have sulked, he could have retreated, he could have disengaged, he could have let disappointment settle in his soul. He didn't get offended. Many people get offended by the storm and the seasons of life. But if we do, we miss out on the miracles that God has for us in that season. He didn't become a victim. He didn't choose self-pity. Um, so let me just stop here and talk a little bit about being a victim. You know, I think life does deal some tough hands to us and people, do, people can really hurt us. Sometimes people aren't very nice. And uh, there's a lot of dysfunction, a lot of pain because of people. And we, so often in life, we are the victims. But you know, you can't camp there. You can stay there for a little while. This is what I tell myself anyway. I say, God, I'm just going to stay here for like a week or a couple of months. Then after a while, God will say, okay, Roz, ready to move on now. Um, It's like things in the fridge. Okay, you know, they have a use-by date. Okay, so you've got milk in the fridge, it has a use-by date, and when it's finished, it goes toxic. It's the same with emotions and it's the same with pain and things that we go through. If you stay there longer than you should, you go toxic. You have to move on. Self-pity will get you compassion and empathy, but it won't heal you and it won't make you better. It keeps you stuck and your worldview becomes you-focused, not God or others-focused. We are not victims. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors. You know, when quite a few years ago, we didn't have any money. And you're in your 30s, you don't have much money. We didn't have much money in our 30s. And uh, somebody gave Mark, an elder, gave Mark $1,000. And like, that was so much money. And at the same time, this when our state president loved horse riding. I love horse riding. He put it out there. He said, does anybody want to come horse riding for three or four days in Mount Kosciuszko? And I thought, this anyway, $900. And I said to Mark, look at this, it's $900. I'll just write back and say no. Anyway, Mark said, no, the elder gave me $1,000. I'm going to take the $1,000 that was meant for me and I'm going to give it to you. So I got to do this dream horse ride through Kosciuszko for about four days and it was just a bucket list, incredible lifetime memory for me. But Mark, that money belonged to Mark, but he gave it to me. So that's what Christ did for you. You didn't conquer evil or death or darkness. He did. On the cross, he conquered evil, death, darkness, disease, depression, everything that comes with the enemy's territory. And like Mark, he gives it to you. He says, I'm the conqueror and I'm giving it to you. Uh, We live in a culture that says victimization is a virtue. We live in an offense culture. But 
It's a lie and it damages us psychologically if we stay there. It keeps us in a prison of offence, pain and anger. If you are angry all the time, perpetually angry, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. You need to process it. You know, sometimes in life when people do things against us, we want to get even. Fair enough. We want to get even. But you know what God says? God says, don't get even. Forgive. Hate the devil. Love and forgive people. God has a purpose and he wants to make sense out of the season you are in and this COVID season. Paul didn't look at that season with his five senses. You can't find favour in the season with your natural eyes. You can't find favour in this season with your natural eyes. Paul was able to go into the spiritual world. He had spiritual eyes because we are called to be people that live by faith. We are not called to live by what we see. We're people who are called to be on the plane of faith and listening to God and living and seeing according to what he sees and what we hear from him. So how do we do this, church? We all have challenging seasons, but we don't let them define us. You know, I'll finish with this story. When I was six years old, my mum was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And they came to my dad and they said to my dad, your mum's going to, your wife is going to be a mental institution for the rest of her life. She's really bad. So I was six years old. My brother was two. And so she was absent, not met, she wasn't present really for us growing up. And my brother was two and he was left in the cot for many hours. And because of this, he developed nightmares. And at night, all through his childhood, he would wake up crying. He would have this recurring dream of waking up and nobody being on the, on the planet. Cloud was swirling, it was dark, and he was yelling out, is anybody there, is anybody there? And no one would answer him and he was completely alone. And it terrified him. When he was 13, someone asked him to a youth camp. And we're sitting up the back and the preacher started preaching, and the preacher did an altar call, but the preacher talked about hell. And my brother sat there, and he said, I know what hell's like, because that's my recurring nightmare. So my brother put his hand up. He was the first one with his hand up, and he was the first one down the front, and he gave his life to Christ at 13 years of age. About four years later, he invited me to a youth camp. I was going out with Mark. I invited Mark to the youth camp, Mark, because I was 20, so you're good looking at 20. Mark didn't want any other guys to move in on me. So he said, Ros, I'm coming to that camp too. <laughs> Who cares how they get there? He got there. And uh, let, let me just say this. Because of my mum's breakdown, my whole family came into the kingdom of God. Mark came into the kingdom of God. Uh, Everything we've done. So I've got to tell you, the enemy, the plan of the enemy was to destroy my family. But God, 
bought the best out of that season. And God say, use that, my mother's mental illness, to bring my whole family through and the next generation through. He did an incredible offset. It's not over until God says it's good. You know, in every one of God's six creations, when it was finished, what did he say? It is good. 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 <laughs> Your story isn't over until God steps back and says, It is good. It is good. That's what He wants to do in all of your lives, in all of your seasons. But you've got to let Him do the process and submit to the process. Don't be stubborn. Surrender. He loves you. He loves you so much. You know, we're all going to get to a surprise when we get to heaven. We're going to rock up to heaven and think, wow, you love me that much. You had it all covered. You knew. You knew my kids were going to be all right. I could have trusted you. Why did I struggle and wrestle? You're that good. You were for me that much? Yes. He's for us. The Bible says he turns our mourning into dancing. He turns my shipwreck into a healing of nation, a nation. He turns schizophrenia in the Henry house into a whole saving and purpose of the Henry, the four Henry children. I'm going to finish with a prayer. I just uh, sense this morning that some of you are frustrated. You know, sometimes in life we go through a hitting of the wall season and there's no breakthrough and it's like we try this and we try and it just seems like there's resistance. You know, when that happens and we all have those seasons, there's nothing we can do. We have to surrender to God's timing. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me this morning, he said, I said, why is there frustration? in seasons and nothing will open or we feel like you're not working he said this to me he said because I want you to run to me I want them to run to me I want them to come to me it's, in the end it's all about coming to him in the end it doesn't matter if you gain the whole world but you lose him it's loving him and it's being known by him and it's knowing him he's everything he is everything. Just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in this place. And there is favour in every season. And I know some people here are going through an unwanted season and it's, it's hard, God. And we don't understand and we're on this side of it. So, Father, I pray for those who are frustrated right now. And the promotion's not coming. The breakthrough's not coming. Nothing's changing. I pray right now they can let go. And as they let go, you go to work. As they decide to sit on their hands and trust you, trust in your goodness, you go to work, God, and you work in the season. You're working out the purposes for them. And we will not run ahead of you, God, because your timing is perfect. So we trust you, Father. And uh, Father, I pray right now that we'll go to you, we'll run to you because the answer is in you. And the honey, the malta, the milk and honey, the favour is in you, God. 
So we look for it, Father. Help us be people that aren't victims, God, but choose to trust in your goodness, God. And I declare, God, that over every life here, your purposes will be fulfilled, God, and you will speak, yes, it is good. You will step back and say, it is good. And there'll be no quitting in this room, God. There'll be no retreating, God. There'll be following through. There'll be a deep determination to follow and to let be people of process. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.